Welcome to the Health Science Coach Podcast. My name is Drew Garner. I am a health science and physical education teacher here at Turner High School. My objective is to provide information to students about different healthcare careers and explain how these professionals got to where they are in their careers. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's dig in. Today we get the pleasure of meeting with Jessica Krause. She is a paramedic, a firefighter, and a registered nurse with the Kansas City Fire Department. Welcome, Jessica. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing great. That picture's coming in a lot better now that you're out in your paramedic uh, equipment area there at your, your station. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about being a firefighter and a paramedic, and then also kind of your new role that you have um, as a paramedic. But first, can you give us a little detail about your career and what it means to be a paramedic? Sure. Um, paramedic probably have a opinion already just from the TV shows out there. It's not quite as dramatic as the TV shows, but you know, people call 911 and you know, something's going on. They need some help and that's what we do. We respond and try and make their bad day better. Right. So as a paramedic, you may or may not be the first one to the scene. Um, if a police officer or uh, ambulance or fire truck, where are paramedics uh, stationed or how does that kind of work with all the first responders type stuff? Yeah, so here in my city of Kansas City, Kansas, we have uh, 18 fire stations. Nine of those have an ambulance. So a lot of times a fire truck will get there first, but all of our fire trucks also have a paramedic and a paramedic is the advanced level care. So we can right. do you know, the IVs, the diagnostics, the treatments, the medications, and things like that. So we can okay. still start advanced life support from a fire truck. And then mm -hmm. when the ambulance gets there, that's the transporting option. So oh, Okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so do what? I worked on both. Worked on both, the so, ambulance so side and the... Fire truck, and then some days I would be on an ambulance. Okay. Um, so 16 years as a paramedic and 13 years as a firefighter. What are some of the uh, daily job duties and expectations and experience that you, you have as a paramedic? So the daily job expectations, you know, you come in, you do your shift change. So I relieve the person in the position I am in today, I relieved the person who worked yesterday because we work 24 hour shifts and you right. got to check out all your equipment, check your medications, make sure everything's working, um, you know, end date, not expired. You have everything you need and everything's ready to go as soon as you need it. And okay. then after that, you have training. Uh, so we can do some CEUs, continuing education hours online or we do training as a crew um, so that 911 call comes in. Right and I, I saw something that we had talked a little bit earlier before we started recording about uh, Captain uh, Steve Pope the uh, firefighter here in Kansas City. He posted yeah. something the other day about a uh, stop the bleed uh, gunshot and knife type wounds. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what was going on uh, in his post there? I don't believe I saw that actual okay. post. So it had 
it had some uh, rubber mannequins and they were doing some stuffings. Um, is that the kind of stuff that you guys would do or work on while you're not on a call? Sure. Yep. We do medical training CEUs and firefighting training CEUs. Uh, most of our calls, over 90% of the 911 calls, have shifted to medical responses. And that's due to a number of things, including increased fire codes, uh, smoke alarm awareness, and things like that. So, yeah, just in the station doing some practice with scenarios of different types of patients or calls that we might have. Perfect. Um, so you studied your undergrad at Metropolitan Community College and you got your paramedic certification from there. Um, how did you kind of choose to go that route of uh, Metropolitan for your uh, degree? So at the time I was working full time, you know, no one was going to pay for anything for me. So yeah. they had a night program and it was three nights a week and I'd get off work and I'd go there till 9 or 10 p.m. I don't remember now. Yep. And that's how I got it done with the real world of still having to work. Yeah. Um, so that just being able to have the flexibility of the night class programs, that's pretty cool. Um, how long of a program was that to to get into and, and complete? So it was one semester of EMT, and then you had to apply an interview to get into the paramedic program, and that program was two years. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, and then, so you mentioned that, you know, you were working full-time and going to school. What were you wanting to, why did did becoming a paramedic sound, like what was your, your reasoning for that? So you would think a lot of doctors, they didn't. So when I was 11, I went with my mom. She was a teacher. I went to her teacher yep. in service because I didn't have school and she did. And right. that day was the teachers to get certified in CPR. And I was 11. I sat through the class with her and the instructor said, hey, she sat through the class. She can test and get certified if she wants to. So I was like, hey, why not? So <laughs> I got certified in first aid and CPR when I was 11. And then you know, I did lifeguarding at like 15 and 16. Yeah. But it, it wasn't until, it's a very strange story for me. I <laughs> didn't have any of my family that was EMS, firefighter, medical, anything. Right. But I went on this blind date with a guy who was like 19. He was an EMT. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That sounds cool. And if for some reason I don't like it, it's good knowledge to have. So yeah, why not? Like I had always liked science. I'd always liked math. I always liked helping people. So I went to EMT school and that's pretty cool. I decided I didn't want to hand the medications to the paramedic. I wanted to know why. And I, I wanted to understand why they needed this medication and that medication and not this one or this treatment. So I decided to go to paramedic school because I fell in love. So it's kind of how it good. happened to me. Yeah. What what do you find that, you know, just personally rewarding about being a paramedic? Just being able to take someone's bad day or what they feel may be one of their worst days and do everything I can 
to make it better. Right. And even the patients that you can't medically make a difference to, you can still try and make them smile or just show that you care and just see a little bit of a shift in that mindset and in their day and just try and make it better. Yeah, that's I like that a lot. Um, being a teacher, you know, uh, being able to see some of that stuff. I was two weeks after I got my CPR certification to be a certifier um, in my neighborhood. There was a car crash where a, a car was going double the speed limit, at least, if not triple, um, and hits a tree and does a 360 spin out. Um, yeah. All the glasses broke, all the everything's broke. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just got trained in first aid CPR. I'm going to be the first one on the scene. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yep. And uh, luckily, they were getting out of the car safe and fine. Uh, one of our neighbors is a, a police officer. Um, and so he came out and was at the scene with me. Um, so it made me feel a little better not being uh, the first person and the only person there uh, until the, the EMS showed up. So yeah, being able to make their somebody's worst day or something potentially life-threatening um, help them through that is a, is a pretty big passionate uh, why of getting, you know, being able to do something for somebody. Um, <clears throat> what are some misconceptions you might think there might be about being a firefighter or uh, a paramedic? I think that a lot of the drama TV shows <laughs> have helped with misconceptions. Yeah. Um, yes, we do run crazy calls. We run calls. I like to say that fiction has nothing on what we do. Like you can't on real life. Yeah. Some of the stuff that we see and deal with. Um, but I think another misconception that is becoming more accepted as you know steve pope you know is doing his outreach for mental health um one of the misconceptions that from when i came on you know is very much down the road of everything's fine you know we're we just do our job and we go home and nothing bothers us yeah, but no. the flip side of that is that it has to bother you to some degree because without that you don't have the motivation to be a good caregiver mm -hmm. and so, the and the drive to want to come back to do it again to help more people right yep so oh. it's we call it an old hat mindset but it's changing and that's a good yeah. thing yeah absolutely i completely agree with that um, what's something that you're most proud of, maybe something on the job or something that you've achieved uh, as a paramedic? Oh, um, you know, it's hard to narrow that down to one event. It's accumulation of just multiple interactions with patients and patients you I both my parents were science teachers, so I find uh, achievement and motivation in finding the unfound. So being able to figure out what's wrong with the patient and do what you can to fix it, even if someone else couldn't figure it out or it's kind of masked in a thinly veiled something else. Um, those are the things that just make me want to come back. 
and yeah. I feel rewarded with. Yeah, like in my, in my intrinsic motivation on the science side is uh -huh. figuring it out. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool to be able to, you know, see the see and assess the scenario in a situation and be able to diagnose the different potential, you know, multiple uh, victims in an accident and and determine which one needs the most help right in a split so second. One comes to mind just because I recently saw um, a previous student. But it's it's the weirdest thing. So I had a paramedic student riding with me on the yep. ambulance. I was his preceptor. I also knew him from rock climbing and some other hobbies. And he was going through the program that I had gone through. So I yeah. knew the instructors as well. And I have this weird thing where I hiccup every day. So he was giving me crap about it. And I was like, okay, why don't you write a paper <laughs> on the causes of hiccups, right? So I've already done the research, right? I know there's like yeah. 72 causes of hiccups or whatever the number is. And the next shift, he brings me this paper that he wrote. And he hit some of the key points that I wanted him to find in the research because you can't look up all the reasons. Right. And one of those is a very rare, rare symptom of a specific type of heart attack is hiccups. And okay. it just happened to be that a few shifts later, we ran this gentleman in his 70s and he called because he was hiccuping for like two hours nonstop and it didn't hurt, but he didn't know what else to do and it was really bothering him. So I asked my student, like, what do you want to do? It's like, well, I want to get a 12 lead, the EKG, but the, the one that's more in depth than just the four stickers. And this right. guy having a huge heart attack. But, you know, how many people are going to say, oh, this dude has hiccups. Let's look at his heart. Um, so it's just one of those super rare patients that the timing happened to work out and we were able to activate the cath lab and, you know, take them straight through. And there's those kind of things that I find fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so reverse off of that, is there anything you regret not doing professionally or maybe uh, getting into it earlier or like we're going to talk about eventually, you know, you're also a registered nurse. Right. So on that part, I do regret not going to nursing school sooner, but it's also one of those things you don't know until after you do it, how useful it was. Yep. So I can say, I do wish earlier on, I also am fascinated with cardiology and pediatrics. So okay. I wish earlier on, I'd known how fascinating I fascinated I was by it. So I could have taken yeah. more classes earlier on in my career. I mean, I've taken them now, but you know, right. Little, you don't, you, know. you don't know what you know until you're ready to, to learn it. Exactly. And sometimes you also, you don't know what you don't know. So, right. Um, so we talked a little bit about professional development. You said the CEUs, you guys are able to work on them. There as a paramedic and as a firefighter throughout the day in your shifts. Um, what are some of the, the trending um, CEU type trends that are coming out now? Uh, maybe precautions with COVID or other 
extra precautions that have been added for additional CEUs uh, within the last couple of years? So COVID precautions with CEUs has had a significant impact on how we recertify. Okay. So we used to have, and I don't remember the exact percentages, but of the 60 hours you need every two years as a paramedic, you had to have a certain amount, you know, face-to-face -face in a classroom right. with somebody. And you could have a certain amount online, which is the stuff we do, you know, at the station in our downtime. And then there was a certain amount that was kind of, eh, it could go either way, right? Yeah. With COVID, they have now accepted, you know, live Zoom classes in lieu of, you know, physically face-to-face -face, um, classes. A lot of that, uh, I would a paramedic refresher course every two years, which puts everything together in, I think it was five or six weekends. Uh, you know, it meets all the hours. Yeah. But, you know, you have scenarios and you're in people's faces and you're doing CPR or your trauma extrication or whatever. You're in each other's faces. So they've changed a lot of that. They're accepting more simulation hours, more Zoom hours. Um, and they also allowed last year, they extended the renewal time frame. So even if your card expired, they extended it. I don't remember okay. the time frame, at least right. six months to allow for additional hours in a different format. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so another one of the industry trends that we're kind of <clears throat> talked about before was a community paramedic. And you just changed roles uh, recently to become a community paramedic. Um, let's talk a little bit about what that trend looks like and how that works. Okay, so I started a few weeks ago. It is a new pilot program with the fire department. We are partnered with a federally qualified and funded um, health clinic. And so our program's slightly different than the national trend because I'm partnered with a nurse practitioner. Okay. But the goal of this is really wearing many hats. So I've, you know, a, a social worker hat and a paramedicine hat and a problem solving hat, <laughs> you know, right. how do we get this person um, a new ramp because they're, you know, newly wheelchair bound or, you know, diabetics who keep getting called because they don't have a reliable food source. So that's the root of their frequent calls to 911. Mm -hmm. So what community care medicine does is try and gap the care to compliance. So right. instead of using the emergency room or the ambulance for crisis treatment, we're trying to prevent crisis with compliance. Yeah, and then see what can do, do that. So there's some things you wouldn't think of. Like one lady, she has her little jazzy scooter and she has to go up to the bank to get money for rent. She has to go down the street to the grocery store. But she didn't have a winter coat. That is, you know, potentially a medical issue, right? She has to go. Oh yeah. We don't want her to get hypothermia, so we drive around to, you know, some charities or whatever and find her a winter coat. That's uh, definitely not on the nine one one spectrum, <laughs> but it feels good to try and, you know, I've yeah. been an EMS over sixteen years, 
I have a mental shift just from the years of assessment of what are we running? And the question isn't, oh, we're always running this diabetic because they're not compliant. The question is, why are they non-compliant? And then what can we do about it? So it's right. becoming a national shift. Um, community paramedicine isn't new. It was published in the EMS journal in 2004. It started in the rural areas for people who logistically could not get to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So they would go out and, you know, just check them up or check their wounds, you know, check their blood sugar, stuff like that. Right. And it has now shifted to urban care because there are so many social barriers to care. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. You know, as a health and PE teacher and looking at and talking to athletic trainers and physical therapists, it's kind of the prehab approach to taking care of the situation before it comes an issue. I like that a lot. Um, What do you have set up for yourself uh, career goal wise? Let's think, I don't know, maybe five, 10 years down the road. Um, What are some goals that you have set up for yourself or have thought about uh, achieving? Well, with this new position, um, it really checks a lot of boxes that I had. Okay. So my short-term 18-month goal, because this program is on an 18-month grant, my goal is to make the program work and make it sustainable and make it a fixation of the fire department so that it stays and we expand even to more than just one person. me doing it and you know knowing that we we can find the patient base and show the program makes a difference um my goal would just be you know to be able to say that we have a program that can prove progress and then stay with that Okay. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely good. Um, what's something that you wish you would have known in high school or maybe early on, uh, professionally that would help you with your career now? I left my notes on the office desk. Um, (laughs) I feel like early on, nobody's stressed enough, a stress management plan. You know, it's individualized for everybody, right? So, and it changes too. It changes over the years. So once I started really doing some emotional, mental awareness, like self-assessment and realizing that it's okay that some of these calls really impact you and these patients, you know, connect to you. um, Just knowing what it takes to process those things Mm -hmm. wasn't emphasized when I came on. Right. And I think another thing for high schoolers and college students is uh, keep your record clean. It's hard to get a job if you stole a school bus, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> so inside joke, but, right. you know, keep your record clean. Um, you know, if this is something you want to do, then take the classes early. You know, take biology in high school, take anatomy and physiology, lay the baseline. We'll also say, don't take combined classes in college. Okay. Take anatomy separate than physiology. 
to, because that opens doors to any program. Some programs won't take combined Only. classes for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So it's just yep. a logistical thing that I learned. I had to retake a number of all my science classes because they were either too old or didn't qualify for the yep. nursing program. So that makes sense. So this is this is kind of going into that where we're headed in this conversation. This this is a three part question. Um, <clears throat> advice you have for high school students interested into getting into paramedic and then somebody that's in college currently as a paramedic student and then somebody that is a recent graduate looking to get a job um, it, as a paramedic or firefighter. So we're going to start off with the high school one. Um, what's something that you just kind of advice for them as like you were saying, you know, make sure you take your classes separately, make sure you start the classes early in high school, getting into that kind of stuff um, and anything else for a high schooler? Yeah, so if if it's something they're interested in, I would say find a way to job shadow. Okay. Because you don't want to invest your time and money into something that you get five days on the job and you realize that's well, not quite what I thought it was, you know. Right. Um, so so see if you can job shadow. Uh, you know, even just a few hours for a couple days or. However, that works out in their area, but uh -huh. um, that would be a the, something that they can do. Okay. Um, is there any type of volunteering that's available for somebody that might be interested in becoming a paramedic or firefighter? There are volunteer fire departments. Okay. Uh, that experience is always great on a resume. A lot of the volunteer stuff is you already have to be at least an EMT to volunteer for those type of things. I will say volunteer right. work in general looks good on a resume. Um, okay. You know, it shows your willingness to help others without personal compensation, uh, which is a significant part of the job. So. Yeah. Um, advice for a college student that is studying to become a EMT paramedic. Um, what's something that you you should they should be focusing on while they're in school? Definitely the science and the math, uh, the biology, microbiology, can help you understand pharmacology, uh, medical terms. Um, anatomy and physiology and lab pay attention in the lab class the lab portion of these classes is important yeah that absolutely that's kind of the the hands-on before you get to the hands-on uh out in the, on yes. the job field um and last part of this question is it, advice for a recent graduate looking for a job yeah when you write your resume make it specific so you can have a general resume with a general interest letter or front page, but everywhere you apply to, edit it to be specific to that department or that area and address the differences. So if you're applying to a fire department, you need to address kind of uh, the community and the needs of that specific job. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry, my chief is leaving. No um, problem. So there. Okay. So <laughs> just be specific in your resume. Um, highlight anything that pertains to that job. So right. even if you volunteered and you think whatever you volunteered for doesn't relate, it does because, it, like I said, it goes back to that trait of giving of yourself without seeking personal gain. Mm -hmm. Could you hear me with the garage door open? Yep. Close. Hold on. That's all right. Um, and then the other part of this is, <clears throat> are there any books that you think that would be a good read for, you know, somebody, the selfless part of it or something that would, you know, a high school, college kid that thinks they might be interested in going into this kind of field, uh, any types of books that you might recommend to them? There is one called People Care, I believe, by Tom. Don't remember his last name. That's no problem. Uh -huh. I can link. I'll, I'll put the link on there for him. And, and that's just kind of for the humanity side of it. Um, if they are going into paramedicine or uh, anything with the heart involved, I would say Rapid Interpretation of EKGs by Dubin. It's a bright orange book. And although it looks old and it hasn't had an updated issue in a long time, the science is the same. And it really right. kind of puts in layman's terms how to read an EKG because the big thing about paramedicine is being able to understand your equipment and i can tell you specifically ekgs is like learning another language so you really have yeah. to understand you know the finute uh, like accents like there's yeah. you have normal and then you have variants of normal that are normal and so that's a really good book uh, for anyone starting paramedic school i would say yeah or any any point into, in career. into goes into my next kind of question a product that you use on a daily basis that helps you with your job duties ekg machine being able to read that and diagnose what's going on with a patient i'm sure that is something that you use daily on the job there are so many um off the wall symptoms as by the previous example i gave but there's right. so many findings that we still need to try and rule out or rule in cardiac cause the thing that no one told me in the beginning but is a important thing to remember about ekg specifically is they can never rule anything out they can only rule it in mm -hmm. so yeah that makes sense um so this this is a, a two-part question of, of the last of three for you um, our, our athletic trainer at the high school came up with this one. So hers was, if you dislike blank, and her answer was feet as an athletic trainer, then this is the not the career path for you. So as an athletic trainer, taping feet and ankles and doing all that kind of stuff, um, that was her, her idea of, you know, if, if you don't like that, then you probably shouldn't get into this. Uh, and the second part is if you do like blank, then this is the right career path for you. So let's start off with... Uh, dislike or like, it's your choice. Okay, so for firefighting, if you dislike small spaces, 
and you mm -hmm. are claustrophobic, not the way for you. Right. Uh, even, you know, on TV, every fire, you can, oh, look, that guy way over there. No, there's smoke everywhere. You can't see anything in a fire. Yeah. So, and the mask right here, like, you feel very closed in. So, if you're claustrophobic, firefighting is not for you. If you dislike teamwork, um, learning, because you don't just get certified and you're done. It, science is forever learning and changing the medical field. So you have to want to learn your craft and keep learning it and relearning it and not be too prideful to, to not relearn something you think you already knew. Yeah. I would say those are good, good dislikes because to be a paramedic, you really do, to be a good one, you really do need to dedicate to learning new things that that come out in the medical field. Yeah, absolutely. Goes right into if you like science and you like learning about the human body and you like people. Yeah, you can't dislike people in this job. Um, yeah. you know, then this might be the path for you. If you know, I I found it fascinating. I was an adrenaline junkie and the concept of a forever changing situation and scene and the unexpected and trying to learn how to focus and process through adrenaline and fear to get it done. Those were all motivators for me. So you, you have to like adrenaline for the fireside. You have to like and be okay with the unknown and the unpredictable. And you have to be able to focus through it for this job because you know even on a call it's not just oh this is my patient this is what's wrong it can change they can right. change any moment you know and go a different direction so yeah absolutely. if those things are intriguing to you you think oh that sounds cool like i want to learn this stuff so i can make a difference you know in people's lives what we call feet on the ground like pre-hospital completely unmanaged if you like chaos <laughs> this is pretty <laughs> <laughs> but, that's pretty um, good yeah so last parting note to leave off of on uh as as a firefighter and paramedic do you have a mantra or quote that helps you kind of get through your work day or go go get up and go to work every day so i like to think that you don't have to make a big difference but if you can just make them smile, you know, uh, they say laughter is, I forget how the saying goes, laughter is free medicine or yeah, whatever, but it really is. And once you start studying how the body and the mind connect to each other, <laughs> you know, it really is the mindset can affect your health hundred percent. And then I tell my students, you know, treat every patient in a way that you can still go to sleep every night like, just make sure that every decision you make you can live with and you can sleep with yeah that's a good good way to just live normal life through by also right people in general but especially patients because they're in a, a vulnerable state yeah absolutely 
Well, thank you so much for spending 45 minutes with us talking about uh, being a paramedic and a firefighter. Uh, if we have any questions, I'll definitely be able to send some students your way to talk to them a little bit more in depth. Uh, and we truly appreciate your time. Yep, thank you.